So, uh, hey, welcome back to another episode of The Russians. Hi. So we have a, a kind of a, you know, every episode is special in its own way, uh, but this episode is also special and it's an it's a unusual one. It's parent-themed. It's a parent-themed immigrant episode, if I could describe it that way. And for the special occasion, we're talking to Keith Gessen about his book, uh, which is called uh, Raising Rafi. Then uh, the book is uh, about fatherhood, about Soviet immigration, about being an immigrant and trying to raise kids in America, uh, and just basically trying to raise kids in America, generally. Trying the, to raise kids while being an artist in New York. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you probably know who Keith, Keith Gessen is, but if you don't, Keith Gessen is a, is a journalist, and he's the author of several novels, including All the Sad Young Literary Men, and another one called A Terrible Country. And I guess this one is... This the book Raising Rafi would be his third no, uh, novel or book. Um, he's also the co-founder of M Plus One Magazine, which is kind of a big deal in New York. Um, thanks for coming on the show, Keith. Or question? Um, yeah. Uh, either either is good. Either is good. Um, thanks for having me. It would be fun to do it in Russian, right? So only like a, a, an elite <laughs> few would understand what's, what's happening. <laughs> or we can just do the, where we can just do the pigeon. The pigeon tongue, you know, uh, just completely mix everything together. And, and then yeah. very, very few people would be able to understand what the hell we're even saying. Have you ever actually done that as a kid or as an adult with other immigrants? Have I, have I talked? Uh, uh, like a mixed, you know, like when it's complete, like mass, when you just from one word to another, it can be like English or Russian jammed together in one sentence. I mean, I certainly uh, forget Russian words, <laughs> so um, not on purpose. I've, yeah, I've, uh, I've spoken in my life, but yeah. But you grew up in a family that like was explicitly that doesn't <clears throat> mix Russian and English, or they were like they were kept separate, like very firmly. Yeah, my my parents really were were, uh, you know, I was I was six, so um, you know you could you could you could lose Russian right mm-hmm. uh, at that age if you if you don't keep it up. And I, you know, and I wasn't, um, you know, my Russian's still medium, <laughs> but, uh, but my parents were, yeah, they, they, uh, they spoke only Russian to me and, um, were really attached to the language, you know, which is one of the kind of paradoxes, right? Cause they hated Russia. <laughs> yeah. The immigrant paradox. And, uh, yeah. We talk about it a yeah, lot. Yeah. Same thing, yeah. same yeah. with my, well, it, Different in my family, but it comes through in similar ways. I feel like for Russian Jewish immigrants, though, it's particularly like paradoxical because unlike like the white immigrants, um, Mm -hmm. they don't like you know like they don't hold they don't have like some kind of other Russia or Russian orthodoxy to sort of build their community around, right? They, from what I notice, they usually fit in with them. just whatever middle class American Jews and all that. So it's yeah for them holding on to. The language, Russian language, is harder, more, more weirder. <laughs> yeah, weirder. I mean, yeah. it, it. You know, my parents. They certainly. Um, we didn't have like a white emigre <laughs> community to, to to in Boston to either kind of uh, you know be, befriend or, or not. But um, you know, all their friends were Russian immigrants. All, all of them. Like my growing up, like I, you know, I don't think we ever had a. Like a grown-up American come to our house. Oh wow! Like that's 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 kind of intense. That's pretty cool because that's, that's why you heard a lot of <laughs> Russian growing up. No, because that's right yeah. at home. It would be Russian like adults speaking. I don't know about yeah. interesting topics. Um, yeah. Where did where did where did you guys grow? 
You want to go first? Um, well, I'm actually a real Russian. I grew up in Moscow, so um, I moved only mm -hmm. here, well, to LA, but um, in 2011, so a bit over a decade ago. So um, for me, you know, Russian is, <laughs> I can't forget Russian, let's put it this way. <laughs> so I, 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 my immigrant identity is different. I identify as a Russian bride, if you ask me. <laughs> I'm joking a little bit, of course, but yeah, so I'm like part of the fourth wave of immigration, which I say um, fourth wave Russian immigration is Russian programmers <laughs> and uh, Russian women, <laughs> Russian brides. Yeah, Russian brides, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, for me, definitely losing Russian is not is not a thing. I think my, my experience is probably closer to yours. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, so we I left when I was eight. You, I think your family came about, if not a decade earlier, but quite a, quite a bit earlier. I, we left in 1989. And so <clears throat> I came when I was eight, and, you know, we, we arrived in, in America when I was nine already. And, you know, we moved to New York first, to Brooklyn, and then we moved to San Francisco. And here in San Francisco, there's a pretty large Soviet immigrant community. Um, and so I grew up uh, living in the city, uh, you know, going to through all most of the public school, you know, levels, middle school, high school, basically living completely surrounded by Soviet immigrants like me. Um, but it was a, it was a, it was a weird uh, it was a, it was a specific kind of group of Soviet immigrants uh, where um, you know this enforcement of the of Russian in the house you know um, was not it, 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 it was pretty lax. Or, or non-existent at all in most cases. And so most people that I grew up with, um, we spoke in a totally, you know, in this pidgin language, basically, right? Like uh, a mixture of Russian and English. So it was like, a, it, was a, it was a hybrid language. Like, I don't know, I think, I think of it sort of like, I mean, you know of this language, obviously, because you encounter it whenever, whenever you speak to Soviet immigrants uh, or frequently. <clears throat> But it's like, if there was, I don't know if there was more of us and we were more isolated here in America and like maybe Jews were in, in Europe, you know, it, it could have like turned into its own Yiddish or something, you know, <laughs> but it, but it, but it, but it, it isn't, and it isn't going to, that's not going to happen because it's dying out. You know, I, we're basically the last generation that speaks it and kind of understands it. And, you know, our children, the children of this generation will be able to understand it, but won't speak it that much because they'll just be speaking English mostly to each other <clears throat> and then it'll just disappear. Because there's really this uh, nothing really uh, holding it together, but but yeah, so, so I'm like yeah. you know for me um, this inf this enforcement of languages has always been a kind of it's 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 a, almost like a conscious choice that I have to always exercise because it's easy for me to to relapse into a, a mixed um, mm -hmm. pigeon language, which is which is kind of where I'm comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I, I think for, yeah, so we, we came over in 81. Um, mm -hmm. so that was still Soviet times and, um, you know, it was in, in Boston, there was a, a, like a pretty large community, but, 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 you know, speaking sort of, uh, more, you know, broadly, it was a small community and, and, um, you know, and there were like, there were like a couple of Russian food stores in Brookline where we would go and get, um, you know, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. And, um, And I think, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, even like, um, I think I talk about this actually in, a, in, a, in my novel, A Terrible Country, like there was a, uh, it, w it wasn't just like my parents' friends. It was also like 
all the people that they interacted with, like in the service sector, like their mechanic was Russian and like, you know, and their dentist was Russian. Right. And, uh, if, uh, like if you had a party and you hired a clown, <laughs> the clown would be Russian, <laughs> um, like a children's birthday party. So, uh, I always thought like that, that we had like emigrated to America, but then, you know, my parents had emigrated into like this little, you know, a little Soviet Union inside America. Right. And then the kids had to emigrate again. <laughs> so it did feel um, ghettoized a little bit or whatever the word would be, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, um, you know, in a lot of, yeah, it was not not like in a, I mean, that was, it was this weird, uh, uh, I remember years ago, when I first read uh, Steingart's uh, first novel mm -hmm. and um, uh, Russian debutante's uh, handbook. And it was about like this feeling of inferiority um, that his, that, you know, that uh, the main character experiences with regard to, you know, Americans. And that was, you know, that was certainly part of it, like where I think my parents were never um, kind of accepted and, and in, in, you know, among like the parents of my friends, they were, um, of my, of my American friends, they mm -hmm. were, you know, uh, visibly different and they had accents and they dressed differently. So I don't think they were like, um, you know, embraced or anything. Uh, but also, uh, there was a kind of other side to that where I think my parents were kind of snobs, <laughs> <laughs> um, about Americans and like, were kind of, um, you know, my parents were really, um, you know, they, they read all the time, they, right. you know, they like sp spent all this energy, you know, shipping all our books from Moscow to, um, Boston, you know, when we came over, um, and, you know, and, and a lot of the Americans we encountered weren't like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they, um, you know, there was this kind of, uh, uh, suspicion or, or something of Americans for, for not being as, you know, attached to culture as my parents were. Right. It's almost like inferiority and superiority at once, right? Yes. Yes. And so, and I remember, I remember, and I was like, Steiger, you, you did such a good job of capturing this like sense of alienation and inferiority, but there's, the, you know, you didn't really get into the flip side of that. And he said, well, I, it was too early. It's too early in my career, you know, in my, in my seventh book, maybe. <laughs> that's, so. that's a good answer. <laughs> hey, that's very strategic. Wow. All right. <laughs> good to know. First, yeah. It, it's funny. First, you got to do the cliches and then maybe get into and some... And then maybe into, you criticize some, Americans. some slightly more <laughs> nuanced. Um, that's interesting. No, I mean, but, yeah, but I mean, my... So I grew up also in a very similar kind of ghetto. Uh, you know, it's a self-created ghetto. I mean, it's, there's, it's internal and external. You know, you just... You, you also naturally gravitate to people who are like you. Right. I mean, uh, as as yeah. a child, that was definitely true. But, but Keith, I'm curious. But so your parents were kind of college professors, right? So that, it doesn't it feel different also being in Boston. I, I somehow would think that it's um, somehow more inclusive, but I guess not not as not as much as I thought. Oh no! I mean, no. My my dad was a computer programmer. Oh, um, okay. You know, so like. 90% of the people that we knew <laughs> and, and my mom worked at the Russian research center at Harvard. Okay. Um, but it wasn't like, she wasn't a professor. She was a, you know, it was like a year to year contract and um, she was like a researcher there. It wasn't like a fancy job. Ah. Um, and it was, you know, and she was surrounded by other Russians. It wasn't, uh, 
Understood. So it wasn't like an immediate kind of part of an ac- <laughs> academia kind of circles. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> it was somehow got deep into right off your- of that. No, but it's interesting because I do think that you know, look, I, because either your book is about you know trying to raise, uh, you know, raise a son and you know, and bicultural, like, and bicultural in a, in a in a very American setting, I guess, and and while trying to preserve some aspect of Russian or or Soviet or whatever kind of identity, you know, which is not even clear what the identity is really, right? Which is part of the problem. Um, so mm-hmm. I think uh, your identity is actually kind of important to that and your experience as a kid is important to that because, I mean, it, it has, it directly bears, has bearing on, I don't know, on, on like your relationship and the kind of cultural environment you're trying to create for your child, right? Because it's has to be created. It isn't that organic. Um, so that far removed. Yeah, yeah. and 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 uh, you know, it's, I think I think people have like different um, experiences and and kind of ideas about how their childhood went. And some people hated it, right? And they, and as parents, they're like, "I'm going to do the opposite of that mm-hmm. um, for my kid." And I and other people liked their childhood and had a good time. <laughs> um, and I kind of am in the second group. I had a I had a nice time um you know and and was a pretty happy kid and and my parents were really nice to me and um and so you know as a parent i'm like okay how do i recreate that and the answer is i can't like that world is gone um and i'm not my parents (laughs) um you know i'm not like a soviet immigrant um, who has this community of other Soviet immigrants and, you know, not that I want to be, uh, <laughs> that was a hard but you, experience, yeah. but you know, I can't, it's, it's just like, you know, um, it's a real discontinuity, I guess it's a, I can't recreate that even if I wanted to. Actually, let me, let me ask a clarifying question. Cause I think it's yeah. kind of interesting. Cause I mean, I, I can't like, you know, I kind of read your book and I, I listen to you and I can't help think about my own you know, immigrant childhood, just because it's, there's a lot of so many similarities. I mean, did you, um, when, did you have to consciously leave the, your Soviet immigrant, like, friends and the, the community that you grew up in? Was there like, yeah, did you have to like tear yourself away from that and go and in, go into America, you know, like, because uh, you're t- say, saying there's like a second immigration almost, right? You have to like immigrate to America and then, you know, but then st- stay in this ghetto and then in order to leave that, you have to kind of make a, you know, make a second journey out into the, the real America. So was that, is that something that you had to do as a, like, I don't know, as a college student I mean, or it, something? It, it kind of it happened. I mean, it, I, I, maybe the opposite happened. I mean, like, I, th- I feel like I had these two messages from my parents growing up. One was um, Russian, uh, Russia is great. Like Russian culture, Russian literature, the Russian language are things that we find um, really valuable and we want to hold on to them, right? Um, you know, like if there was a Russian movie at, you know, the, the Kooch Corner, like we would all go see it. And um, so my parents were just, you know, they were just really obsessed with Russian culture and and, and wanted me to um, keep my Russian. So there was like, that was like one message. And the other message was Russia's horrible. Like, good thing we got out of there. <laughs> uh, just barely, right? And um, don't go back. And like, those were the two, and those are like contradictory messages. Um, and I think as a kid, I was like, well, I gotta, I'm gonna choose, I'm gonna hear the second one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what my parents could not do and become an American. 
right? Or my parents like visibly daily could not do. Right. They went to the supermarket and tried to like order, you know, um, salami at the deli counter and the guy couldn't understand what they were saying. You know, like I, so I was like, oh, I have this kind of ease in this new country. So I'm just going to become an American. And that was, um, I think so, so for most of my childhood, I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> like I, I'm interested in American things. I like I played sports and, um, you know, I had some friends who were like friends of my parents, uh, friends. So they were like Russian immigrant kids like me. And, you know, I, I stayed friends with those kids, but I kind of, um, didn't really kind of gravitate, uh, left to my own devices. I didn't gravitate toward, um, Russian stuff at all. So, um, and it was really actually more like when I got to college, um, that I kind of went, came back to, to Russian things. Um, I kind of had already emigrated and then I had to like, um, and also my mom died, uh, when I was in high school, when I was a senior in high school. Sorry. So that kind of, um, and she was the person who was most, um, you know, she was a literary critic and, 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 uh, she was really, you know, always reading Russian books and kind of, um, you know, giving them to me to, to read. And, um, so kind of losing that, um, real living connection to Russian culture, uh, kind of put the question more directly to me, you know, did I want to kind of move away forever or actually, um, did I want to, you know, return in some way to this, um, to this language and this literature. And, and so in college, actually, it was, I started, I kind of, I majored in like Russian history and literature. And then, um, when I was, uh, at the end of my sophomore year, I went to Russia, to Moscow, uh, it was 1985. <clears throat> so I started, and that's when I started going back, uh, kind of, kind of a lot. And, um, and it was, that was a very powerful and like formative experience. So, you know, and I became, yeah, I saw, I saw the, uh, the wild nineties. <laughs> so it didn't, Moscow. I guess it didn't feel too homey going back to Moscow in the nineties, right? Uh, I mean, you know, like my, I still I had a lot of family there. My grandmothers were, were both there and, and it was this place that my parents had come from. So it was like this place that actually, you know, I was like, Oh, like every year is a lot like my parents <laughs> suddenly, you know, after coming from yeah. this world where my parents were so out of place. Um, and, you know, by then certainly like, you know, obviously the Soviet union had fallen apart and things were changing very rapidly, but you could still kind of see the, the places where, where my parents belonged. Um, so that was, it was, you know, initially just a kind of, um, it did feel like home in, in certain ways. Um, but, but it also was like crazy. <laughs> it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Um, you know, in like 1990s Moscow was wild. It's funny. because I was like a small ch yeah. child, I guess in 95, was I still uh -huh. I was still in like kindergarten <laughs> kindergarten yeah but I'm even, telling you man <laughs> but even then like I uh -huh. I thought it was crazy because I had all this like all of a sudden Disney cartoons snicker bars all that <laughs> stuff like I, I think I loved it I imagine like because Yasha would tell me about um Leningrad or St. Petersburg of his early childhood sounds drab like yes. no fun stuff you know like yeah, nothing American no. coming in <laughs> in short I had fun as a kid in, in the Soviet Union, but just didn't have the consumers things. They didn't have the, they didn't have like the cookies, didn't no have cool all the snacks. different types of snacks. And the, I'd have to make my own cookies by like taking a little, like a cracker and putting butter on it and, and like dipping it into 
yeah. uh, sugar and things like that. That's kind of what I remember doing. That's my favorite. Um, but I, we had a lot of freedom, you know. Uh, we just ran around like no one watched after us at all. And we had a, it was a pretty free childhood. Yeah. I had a, I mean, and well, you see, you know, you know, Yasha, you, you, so you grew up in during perestroika, yeah. right? During the era of like economic shortages yes, and stuff. Exactly. I grew up under late socialism, which was fine. Yeah. It was great. We had, we had snacks, we had cookies, we had oatmeal cookies. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> we, didn't to, we didn't have to make them. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> I talked to uh, one of the people I talked to when I was writing the book, uh, and I, I, I talk about it a bit, like toward the end, this guy named Jonathan Tudge, who was like a researcher and, um, cross-cultural child development and he you know has been to many many countries and um you know just kind of looked at and he did all these all this research on you know how three-year-olds what they do in different cultures and why um and uh we i don't know if that's interesting we could talk more about that i, 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 I read that it was, yeah, it was interesting yeah it was an interesting part of the yeah. book yeah um yeah i mean it was just you know and he and and uh, you know, he was like, uh, in, you know, in, in uh, 1990s, uh, late 90s, you know, uh, Russia and Estonia, you know, the kids learn so much. They do all this learning <laughs> about nature and farming and stuff. And and then like, a, you know, a few a little while later, he's like, and the reason it's not because like their parents want to teach them stuff. It's because like the economy has collapsed. Yeah. And they have to grow their own vegetables to survive. <laughs> so the kids kind of see all this, you know, they're like, why do you do that with the vegetable? And the parents are like, well, because it'll freeze and then we won't have any food, you know, if we don't put a little plastic covering on it. So, it, you know, it was really an argument about like, you know, there, there aren't like superior or inferior cultural cultures or cultural practices and people kind of do yeah. what they need to do and that's and pass it on to their kids um but uh oh but uh when i asked him i was like what what's the best you know like in your um experience you know going to all these places researching all these places like what's the best place to have grown up like if you wanted to be a kid you know um what was the best place and he's like you know 1970s soviet union oh wow he said yeah because he was because it was for him, he's like, you know, kids really like um, believing it. You know, they, they like these stories right. that they got told about uh, the Soviet Union and how it was building a, a fairer world. Idealistic. Yeah. And and also they had and they did have like like Yasha said, like you, you had this freedom of um, there was this kind of community surveillance, if you want, mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, you know, you did play in the yard. I mean, I did I did that too. I get played in the I would go outside by myself. But I did too. Yeah. Six year old. You did too in, in uh maybe like as a nine year old, eight year old. Yeah, definitely we we I played in the courtyard. I mean a lot of things sort yeah. of, pers they kind of pers persisted. Yeah, yeah, persisted. Maybe yeah. now it's different, yeah. you know, how I don't know, Moscow now is different. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, I still did it in the nineties. It was safe i guess but, you know because actually kind of like that you mentioned um the professor is uh, or the researcher his uh, an mm -hmm. author his name was um the uh, Tufts Tufts Tudge, yeah, Tudge. Because uh, it's sort uh -huh. of like towards the, I guess, the towards the end of the book where you kind of, you know, talk about it because you're like, part of the book is, I mean, why we kind of want to talk to you and why it's interesting to us is because mm -hmm. we're also raising, we have a two-year-old daughter, you know, who she was, uh -huh. uh, who are, we're also trying to, you know, raise, she's an American, she's born in, you know, UCLA Reagan Hospital, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, with, with, you know, basically under the portrait of Nancy and uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, Um 
Yeah, I think they had him in the hall. <laughs> in, the, yeah, in, in, in the front entrance. And so That's, she, she thinks those are her parents. <laughs> exactly. Very kind-looking yeah, yeah. people. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so she's American, obviously, and we're both, you know, we're both... I guess we identify as Russian. I mean, I you know. What do you mean? You know, I guess Russian. I am Russian. Yeah, but you're okay. You're Russian, but you're kind of half Jewish. But I'm I identify as Russian. I guess. Yeah, but or, Russians wouldn't even, wouldn't even think you're Russian. No, Russians don't think I'm Russian. They think they'd say I'm Jewish. I identify as like a Soviet Russian. I, I, I you know it's it's very confused. You know, um, in terms of because mm-hmm. you you kind of get to choose your identity in, in this way. You know, there's a kind of like there's a kind of. Um, um anyway so like so we're raising it we're raising a daughter here in america and it's you know it's it's also something that you you have to if you want to if you want your daughter to preserve uh, you know your language and, and your culture to some degree yeah but you can't compare because our case we both can speak russian at home it's very very different for kids yeah it's different you of know? course it's easier for us because we're but we can both speak russian whereas you you know have only one parent who speaks Russian. but anyway there's like some parallels between what you're going through because you do have to make these conscious efforts choices about you know basically creating a kind of a bubble for them, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's sort of um, you know, a different culture that virtually, um, and you and know, you and, speak you speak Russian to her. Yes, uh, she yeah. only speaks Russian. Yes. Yeah, she so she's two and she only she she understands some English, but she speaks Russian, yeah, only pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like it. And but so I know so we were looking for guidance basically you know we were like thinking, looking for wisdom you know in, in share your wisdom yeah so I'm like oh shit here we go someone's someone's like you know will, has something to offer you yeah. also spent years thinking about it and uh, researching yeah. exactly so we're like and so and and I was kind of bummed a little bit just because you know there well it, I mean I'm not going to say there's no wisdom in it uh, <laughs> Come on. but just I mean I'm not gonna, I don't I'm not going to I'm not to, don't don't mean to be insulting just just saying that like I think what you the final if correct me if I'm wrong but sort of your the final mm-hmm. kind of conclusion that you came to is just like well it's sort of like you know the kids grow up how they grow up and like worrying about you know creating certain certain environments for them and you know it's like you kind of do what you can to you know you do what you think is right <laughs> uh but and then just sort of like you can't, but you can't really control, um, you know, you can't really control it, uh, or you can only control it in, on the margins or something like that. Um, that sounds that sounds very wise. <laughs> that's uh, very that, that's very wise. If I wait a second, yeah, maybe wisdom is in the simple. This is like, wisdom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so is that true? I mean, I, I want to know. Is that is that is that, is that true? Because I'm like you know I'm 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 trying to because I'm speaking to you and I want to know like what's the what is the what's like what is the conclusion did you come to you know in terms of just yeah, yeah. i mean uh, i mean that's that's certainly one thing i mean like i mean i certainly with the two kids i can it's so like my you know rafi's younger brother is so different and um in just like temperamentally and the stuff he likes and just like yeah, it looks different <laughs> and um so it's just and you just it's just so striking because you have the same parents you know and like we it's it was so similar the way, you know, whatever, we're the same parents, we're in the same place. And, um, he's just a completely different person. So, um, now he's had to like contend with Rafi. <laughs> That's like a huge factor in his life is, um, being, uh, you know, tortured by Rafi. But, uh, you know, that, that kind of like, you just very quickly, you see that like, uh, your interventions have kind of minimal effect, which I, when I kind of got there, I, I found that a great relief mm-hmm. to be honest, you know, cause I was like, what am I doing to screw up my kid? Like, what if I, you know, I yelled at him, like, is he going to be traumatized for the rest of his life? Um, and, 
you know, the answer is like, maybe, but, um, <laughs> his, you know, his brother, yeah, I don't know, like his brother, I yelled at his brother and he seemed to take it pretty well. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so, so that's true. It's true that there's like only, uh, so much you can do. Um, it is the case though, like with Russian, I mean, that's like, that's a, that is a big decision. Um, and it's one that, um, you know, and yeah, that I kind of wrestled with and, and, um, and decided to try it, uh, even though it was kind of inconvenient, right? Because like you said, like my wife doesn't, um, speak Russian. So when I'm speaking to the kids in Russian, she doesn't understand what I'm saying. Um, and you know, uh, and also, but also, you know, all the kind of, um, you know, cultural baggage or whatever, like, you know, isn't, didn't my parents leave <laughs> Russia so that we wouldn't have to like, um, be connected to this country anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, I had, I had like, a yeah, I, I was, this is a, this is after the book, but, uh, or, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, um, it's about a year ago, actually, I was trying to, um, uh, get a little uh, like a Russian group uh, together at the school, um, and like a like a, to have a teacher come in at, at their at their school because mm-hmm. they they have there's a, they have an after school Chinese program they have an after school Arabic program an after, after after school Spanish program and I was like why not after school Russian program and um, so I start you know and there was there was uh, one Russian family who was like great and you know, another family that was like their grandfather, their grandparents were Russian. They were like, great. And then at pickup one day, I see this grandfather picking up a kid and, and speaking Russian to him. And this was like April, uh, of last year. So right? after the war. Yeah. Um, after the yeah. war. Yeah. And, um, and I, <laughs> so I'm like, Oh great. A Russian person. I'm going to get him into my Russian group. And, um, and I said, you know, in Russian, I said, excuse me, are you speaking Russian? Um, and he and he answers in English. No, I'm not. <laughs> I refuse. Um, you know, I'll speak Ukrainian or English. And um, and that was kind of the end of my yeah Russian. So, so you um, think he was actually speaking Ukrainian to the kid? No, he was definitely speaking Russian. What the hell? <laughs> um, he just didn't want to okay, speak it to, to me. you. Uh, That's yeah. yeah. And um, you know, he's like maybe he was from Kiev. Or right. Odessa, of right? course, like, understandable. Um, Again, yeah. Ukraine. So. And, yeah, and it, and that was uh, you know Russian is not like a neutral you know it's not a not, it's you know, languages are they they uh, they bring some a lot with them. Um, but come on, British Empire committed so many crimes. No one, <laughs> no one <laughs> yes, stopped no, speaking absolutely. English. Like you know, I mean, come well, on. I will not speak British. Yes, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you know, I, I kind of, I actually like, um, you know, actually. I do. I actually appreciate some of the stuff because I know that's like you know, like Russian imperialism now and like the Russian language and Russian cultural imperialism is such a big thing now, right? Like again, the, to even identify as like a Russian, if you're Jew, it just it seems like when you have like other potential identities, um, right? Well, I, that, I don't. Right? Yeah, you don't have. Well, you can identify as a Jew, <laughs> as a Jew right? Okay. But you can, like you can like you can de- you can denounce your Russian side, maybe you know. Well, I'm half Slav. Half Slav. Denounce your imperialistic side and and, and embrace your occupation, occup- you know, uh, apartheid side, maybe. Um, your Zionist yeah. side. Um, Wait, but actually, I'm. Um, I really kind of was interested um, in your book. You basically were talking specifically about the Russian and how 
liberating yourself right from the Russian language almost would be like finishing the job your parents started. I think it's like a really <laughs> interesting way to yeah, put it. Uh, do you still? Oh, I mean, obviously you decided not to because you are trying <laughs> or speaking Russian to your kid. But for a while, you thought that's what you should do, right? Yeah, I mean, it's also I. I just I just see people, you know, a lot of people like me in New York who are like, you know, um, in uh, mixed marriages <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to, to non-Russian speakers and who you know came over when they were kids, so they're not um, they're more comfortable in English as I am, also more comfortable in English. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like why well, go through this hassle and you know, in in, uh, in the service of what exactly. Um, you know, our parents emigrated, right? Like that was, uh, that was a very hard thing that they did. Um, but isn't it wealth too? Like usually having another language and culture, even in America, I think now it's been for a while accepted as a, as a given. It's, it's almost like wealth. I mean, not money, like it's not money, even though it can lead to money uh, or career, but it's actually like real, I don't know, spiritual in other ways, like wealth. doesn't matter which language is Russian, French, whatever, whatever you can give. Something what pe- people want is identity in America, right? Because it's everything is so, everyone's so... Americans are so, I don't know, like uh, denuded of anything, you know, cultural and people just are, mm. seek out any sense, any little stu- identity of like stub of an identity and then like try to like <laughs> cultivate it, right? Um, and then say, I never see like French people or French descendants trying to shed the French. And why would Russian, like say friends of yours who decide to not do it, to not like pass it on? Is it because of the Soviet sort of like... Um, anti-soviet yeah ideology i guess i don't know how to put it oh yeah and i mean i mean you know this is a this is like a half half joke but like you know you speak french you can go to france you know you speak italy (laughs) you can go to italy right (laughs) um if you speak russian you can go to russia Russia or or Donetsk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, do I, I, I remember when I started going back, my dad was freaked out. Um, you know, my Masha, my, my older sibling that was already living there. And um, then I went there for a year and I, I, you know, my dad was like, what, what's going on? <laughs> why, why have my kids moved back to Russia? Like this, I, I worked so hard to get us out of there. Um, I don't know. Do I want Rafi going to Russia right now? <laughs> it's interesting no. because you kind of, I never thought of that way. And I love Paul Hlabnikov's work. Um, but you basically, I mean, you're not, it's not a statement. It's sort of a question, I guess. So you're basically asking if Paul Hlabnikov's parents <laughs> as white Russians taught him really good Russian. And that's how he managed to have the job he had. And that's, Eventually, he died. So, is it your? You kind of had this line of thinking, right? That's what it can lead to, knowing Russian to a lot of danger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah, and I mean, those. You know, that's like the white Russian, um, you know, community that 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 is kind of very. Um, they do have this, yeah, the, the the Orthodox Church and this idea of you know eternal Russia that they're going to return to. But as right as, do we really need to? do that as Jews. Um, but yeah, the flip side of it, I mean, in my own life, it's just been, I've loved knowing Russian and I, I, I love, you know, Soviet rock music and, um, you know, reading, uh, Russian books and, and like, you, you know, I, I love Russian, uh, movies, 
that are knockoffs of American movies. I mean, it seems like actually <laughs> Russia, your Russian, you know, identity uh, is sort of, I don't know, uh, is kind of what your, you know, your literary sort of, I don't know, like your pursuits or your, your interests and your intellectual interests are sort of yeah. based around. So it's like without that, like what 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 you have done, you know, like gone to, mm-hmm. like you know, I don't know what actually I'm, I'm here. What like what do you would you become like a computer programmer and like in 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 Boston somewhere or. Go to go to go, <laughs> exactly. go to finance, or what would it, you know? What would it be? You know, if it, it wasn't this, right? Because I have similar um, kind of, you know, a, a similar do you ever think about yeah. it? You know, like the sliding doors thing. What if not? <laughs> if you didn't know Russian, or yeah, if you didn't go that way, <laughs> if you didn't go sort of pursue your mom's interest, right, in college and sort of yeah, I could have had a normal like happy life. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I did, I did a table job. I could have bought a house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't realize, you know, I, money. I didn't realize that your dad was a computer programmer because I, I get, it's funny. We have so many like parallels because, you know, my dad isn't a, isn't a computer programmer. He's actually a Japanese translator, but my, you know, but my brother, my older brother and pretty much all the friends that I had, um, not all, but a, a lot of the friends that I had that went on to have like professional careers. Cause a lot of people that I know didn't go to college actually. And, you know, like had like, like I don't know, bought like a subway franchises, and <laughs> like um, you know, ran like car dealerships and mechanic they shops are, and stuff like that. They're special. They're from a small Ukrainian village. <laughs> not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah, I have a lot of Ukrainians, but but anyway, but we just have a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so I also think about like if I didn't go, if I didn't, because my parents also, you know, like they were very anti-Soviet, very anti-Russian, and um, you know, they left. So um, and they like didn't um, really care for us to preserve our Russian cultural, you know, cultural identity with, even though my mom read me some Pushkin and things like that. Lermontov, when I was younger, they didn't insist that we speak, that we speak, you know, pure Russian in the house or that we even, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, so I actually lost my Russian language, you know, and I kind of had to like, my own initiative kind of get it back. And so when I came, went went back to, to Russia and, um, after college, and kind of like fell, fell into it, fell into this sort of this this sort of a trajectory, you know, uh, this one of the all, like alternative realities that that um, uh, that exist for all of us, uh, you know, kind of hitched my hitched my I don't know life to to Russia and never uh, and became a journalist there and all this stuff. Like it was also kind of going against what they wanted for us, you know, um, and right. they weren't that excited about me going back there. And then, but they had they had created the conditions for that to happen, right? By, um, you know, not like totally cutting off connections to to Russia, yeah, right? And, yeah, but no, actually, they um, they kind of put put stumbling blocks in my way because they, for instance, they like uh, I don't know if this is true for you, but uh, you know, I don't know if you have Russian citizenship or not, but you know, they, for instance, didn't. Um, because you could apply for Russian citizenship, you know, convert your Soviet citizenship that had been taken away from us, but we could convert it to Russian citizenship. <clears throat> they let that lapse. They never took me back to Russia with them, even though they had gone back, they went back to Russia several times when I was in, you know, uh, high school and middle school. They never, they just never thought that it would be important to me. Hmm. <clears throat> they just went <clears throat> without me. I'm s- sorry. <clears throat> so no, they like, they actually kind of, it wasn't like, they didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? It didn't, it didn't occur to them that I would be interested in like that place ever yeah but they're also like love they're not seem to be like what Kiss saying about superiority thing they don't have it they don't think like 
the Russian cultural superiority exists over Americans. They love America. They like yeah. My parents Jewish are down. I mean, I've, I've, I've like American patriots. I would yeah. Say, right? I mean, my parents. My uh, parents never ever had really that many. My mom, you know, they liked it if in their childhood or something. You know, things that they kind of remember, and this connected to their family and to their you know to their grandparents and things like that. But my dad, you know, my dad grew up in a, basically on the other on the other side of the fence of a gulag. His his dad was a was a political ideological officer uh, um, at a gulag station at a gulag <laughs> uh, and so he you know he like hates he hates the Soviet Union he really with a passion and so no they like so I kind of understand you know the, this choice that you make you kind of you, you either go and, and kind of have a normal life and, and finish the job your parents started which is like to take you out of that yeah. place and just kind of bulldoze yeah. you know that part of your se- yourself um, you know that's like a. That's like a. Probably would have been a sensible thing to do. You know? No, because, or you can have a literary career. Or you can have a liter- Or you can try to have a literary <laughs> career. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 <laughs> like my brother. My brother that went that way. You know, he has he has a nice job as a computer programmer. You know, he's he's yeah, seems but very he happy stayed with his in life. the community. Yeah. He has like a Russian immigrant wife. It's different, right? Yeah, but but he's like maintained. But he never went like he stayed within the immigrant community. He never went back. Right. To the Russian, to, to Russia, essentially. He never went back to the yeah. to the original soil. Yeah. Speaking of this identity thing, do you feel? I mean, obviously things just happen. It's not like we're in control of many things. The Soviet immigrant kids that you're friends with, um, like most of them have American wives, right? If they're men and basically assimilated into America, right? They don't have like the Russian speaking partner, whether man or woman. Yes mostly oh, with some exceptions yeah but mostly yeah okay yeah. well but then that's almost not that it makes the like, guy it's almost sort of is finishing the parents job because it's so so hard to mm-hmm. then right. <laughs> can, yeah to like you know to continue passing on <laughs> the <laughs> evil soviet or russian culture <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know the other thing that's that is kind of related to this i don't know how uh i guess when when you're uh your daughter's two. Yeah. Yeah. So this, you know, it really becomes, it really kind of kicks in when they're three and, and four and they start uh, having a mind of their own. <laughs> but like, you know, the other thing that I kind of talk about in the book about is, is uh, being mad. I don't know if you guys ever get mad. Um, but I, you know, I feel like when Rafi, you know, from a, from a, pretty young age, but like certainly when he turned three, um, he, we just had a lot of conflicts and I was always getting mad at him. And I was like, geez, I'm just such a yeller. Um, what's wrong with me? And, um, you know, and so I kind of gradually, I was like, Oh, my dad was a yeller. Right. Um, he was like, a, you know, that, that's the thing, the thing about Russian Jews is they're like Jewish, but they're also Russian. Like, especially that, I mean, I don't know, Yasha, what your experience was with your parents, but like my dad's like a, a Russian guy. Interesting. Um, <laughs> um, so you mean like, you mean like, but it's interesting. Like, what does it mean? What do you mean by a Russian guy? Like, what's the, how do you know what, what's the difference between a, like a Russian guy and a, and a Jewish guy? Yeah. He's like, he's, he's tough. He doesn't, he's not a person of a lot of words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, you know, he, he can raise his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, you don't have to be Russian to do that, but that's, <laughs> um, when, you know, when we think of, um, you know, yeah, if, it, 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 that felt to me more Russian than, than Jewish. Interesting. Um, and yeah, so like, 
part of this like i don't know cultural thinking about like my cultural background is kind of um i don't know you know just being like well like i and well or maybe more you know the other thing is that's that might be more uh kind of universal is this immigrant need to like get into a good school <laughs> um and like you know fill your kids up with all sorts of abilities and knowledge and you know get ahead mm-hmm. and i found like i found that to be very deeply inside of me and i like you know, when it when it came time for like signing up for pre K, I, I couldn't I couldn't get it out of me. That's funny. Um, you're like you're like thinking this is it. This sets the trajectory of your entire life. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And and I did. I had like you know, my mind was like, I need to get into the most like ideologically progressive. Like it was it was a little bit twisted. <laughs> um, it, I wasn't like I need to get into like the most uh, advanced academic situation. Um, but I just I. It, to me, it became like such an important choice huh. um, in a way that I think it, it ultimately, you know, it was important, but it wasn't, in my mind, it became far more important than it, than it really was. Um, and I don't, yeah, so like, I just can't, even if I, I feel like even if I wanted to um, stop being a Russian person, I would, I would have trouble. Yeah. It's interesting, you know. You know, it's like because we we frequently, you know, we like our our podcast. We frequently talk to other immigrants. Um, yeah, we have actually sometimes immigrant deprogramming. We call it yeah. serious. Mm. This actually, we this would have fit into this would have fit into that category. Like we kind of have an ongoing, kind of re- recurring kind of <laughs> type of yeah thing that we do, which is yeah, we talk to an immigrant about their you know experience. I mean, this actually would fit in, but but we want to talk to want to talk to you about the book, so it doesn't fully fit in. But but you know, one thing that, <laughs> one thing I kind we kind of joke about it, but it's actually serious. Is that whenever you talk to immigrants, you know about. I don't know about like you know the, where they come from and, and like expectations. You know, it's like it's like it's almost like you're almost you're always skirting right next to you like a kind of almost a eugenics kind of conversation. You know, because like I mean, even though as you were talking about it, you know, it's like there's stereotypes of different ethnicities. You know, what like what they're like. You know, mm-hmm, um, you know, mm-hmm. like so. You know, I don't know, like, yeah, like, so Soviet Jews, for instance, frequently think of Russians in a certain way, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Russians or Slavs think of Jews in a certain way. Um, and then like mm-hmm. every kind of ethnicity, you know, uh, or ethnic group or whatever has its own uh, stereotypes about. Yeah, yeah. for instance, yeah. I wonder if you encountered because you were definitely going back to Russia enough to kind of know the <laughs> the culture there yourself. Well, not just through mm-hmm. your parents. There is this, I find it almost like eudophilic slash anti-Semitic at, in, in one, all in one stereotype about, oh, Jews are the best fathers, Jews are the best, um, like, make the best family man, or, and, and you know, <laughs> every time, it, it, that's like, I think Russians think that, like the Slavs and that's stuff like that. Category, that's the eugenics yeah, yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> or, I don't know, Yasha calls it eugenics, I just think it's yeah. a flip. It's like, eudophile anti-Semite. <laughs> Yeah. Or something like together, as if if Jews are Jews are special, you know. Uh, and I don't know. I find it like really kind of both like offensive and so untrue. Cause, <laughs> yeah, no, because it's a stupid dad, stereotype. Yeah. My Jewish dad was like <laughs> an absentee. He's not, he's not the best. No, just uh-huh. an absentee. I like, could be as well could as well could be Russian. 
<laughs> you know. Although he so, was, yeah, he was. No, but I, I don't know. All I'm saying is just this type of stere- stereotypical yeah. like, pro- proclamations are sort of kind of just stupid. I mean, I have to say it's a tricky book to write. You know, like I mean, it's a tricky book to write because you know you kind of have to be precise, right? And and sort of and and concise, you know, about like how you think about things, but at the same time, everything is so amorphous, right? Like it's like in you know in these in, the, in these categories in which people think, like though that's like a more like a Russian thing or like a Jewish thing or like an American thing or I don't know or like or Chinese American thing or you know like tendency or you know they're like they're 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 like are sometimes true, but frequently you know they're actually you know frequently I don't know there could be like a fa- matter of class, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, to, to I guess to go back to Tudge, right? I mean, one thing that he says is this: the guy who does this cross-cultural research about child uh, rearing, and and yeah, he says right. He, he says a lot of these comparisons they will compare, like a you know upper middle class family in San Francisco to somebody in a village, <laughs> you know, in Mongolia, and then they'll be like. Oh my God, so so different, <laughs> right? Whereas if you, yeah, if you look kind of, you know, uh, uh, an upper middle class family, um, you know, and an up in one place and an upper middle class family, you know, somewhere else, that they will be, you know, a lot more similar than dissimilar, right? So, um, you know, given that, you can still find some things I, I do think that are that are different. Um, I mean, yeah, I do feel like uh, Russians have even even in russia have like more um emphasis on academics right than like uh than you would find in your kind of typical upper middle class american family um i certainly found it to be the case like in i don't know with my parents that they were just like really focused on how well I did in school in a way that the parents of my um, classmates were not. And I was just like, wow, like, this is easy. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because like, because like, because what you define as Russian, right, is actually in Russia, mm-hmm. they would be seen as Jewish. And then would, like that would have its own other like subcategory essentially, right? So like you'd be like, okay, well, Jews in Russia maybe have that, but then like someone say, well, Russians don't really have that, you know? So like, so there's like every because it's it's like like I was saying, it's pretty hard to like it's a pretty hard thing, hard subject to tackle because it just it depends on where you're looking at it, you know, which position you're looking at it from, and like I don't know, you gotta have to like you can't really have, you know, have like a 200 page. Uh, digression <laughs> on like uh, yeah what you mean by Russian is yeah. exactly it's tricky yeah I mean what do you think about that like is that, is that how did you deal with that when you were writing it actually because like, I'm sure like you thought about it you know it came up like what you know I'm using these yeah terms. I mean I guess I guess to me it's it's like uh, well in this in the way that you know when we came over we, we were like well we're leaving because we're Jewish I mean that's you know right certainly especially well when you were leaving too but like when when we were leaving the only way you could leave pretty much yeah. in the Soviet era was if you were Jewish, right? So it was like very, uh, you know, so we were like, we're, we're Jews, we're out of here. And then we got here and they were like, you're Russian. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, what, what do you mean? And we're Jews. And, and um, so, but I mean, I, I think my parents had a lot more in common with Soviet people, you know, edu- you, know whatever, you can, yeah, like, uh, educated, college-educated uh, Muscovites mm-hmm. um, than they did with college-educated American Jews. 
Um, hmm. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, so, so yeah, it, within like um, Russian, like, it, it, yeah, within uh, Russian culture or the, in, the, in that space, um, yeah, Russians can make very fine distinctions. Like that's a, that's a Jewish Russian and here's a Russian, Slavic Russian. Um, but uh, I don't think the Americans were wrong when they were like, well, you're Russian. <laughs> like they, you know, I think my, my parents were quite assimilated into that culture. Right. So they almost found out they're more Russian when they moved, <laughs> when they moved to yes, Boston. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I, so I, I think, you know, like the stuff about academics, I mean, again, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, that may not be true of like a, mm -hmm. right, a family in a Russian village or something right. like a family in Moscow, whether they're, Jewish or not, I feel like that's um, more true than not. Right. Yeah. And your parents didn't try to do like kind of like a Jewish assimilationist thing, like joining a synagogue or, you know. No, nobody I knew did that. Huh. Like, the, the, I knew, we knew one family that did that because the kids got into it. Wow. Mm. And the parents were super annoyed. <laughs> really? Oh, and yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, yeah, the kids became quite um, religious and then like drag their parents along. Wow. But, um, I find yeah, it interesting. I didn't know, any, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> and the kids, it is. yeah, because the kids, how it, well, I guess it can happen through well, school. Well, now, now you know friends. me a little bit, you know, because I, because I, uh, that's my, I, we went to a synagogue and I had a bar mitzvah. Now I see it's like for you kids, I think, because I not only know more like Yash's experience and his friends, this is actually really hard because it's super confusing, I think, for to be a kid with parents like yours in terms of if they didn't choose to go this like the kind of the American Jewish way and to try to fit into that and yet didn't reject like Russian culture one. It's like confusing. What is it about? Then you're they basically are kind of like maintaining their Soviet. Um, I don't know. So like basically Soviet culture. I just really weird while hating Soviet Union. Yeah, that's right. No, that's I find it confusing because I'm I'm familiar with like Yasha's situation, and um, I've seen like people like that here who you know get bar mitzvah. You know, yeah, you go from like the Soviet identity to just the Jewish identity. Jewish. Yeah, like, like proudly Jewish, a global Jewish identity or something. I don't know, like yeah. Right. No, I mean my parents they were very conscious of like themselves as ethnically Jewish, and they remembered mm -hmm. you know Soviet anti-Semitism. You know that was like a formative um, thing that they told me all about, but. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they they thought that was like as far as it went <laughs> with them. They had no interest in um, becoming religious. I think when I was eight or nine, they were like, "Do you want to go to Hebrew school, like learn Hebrew?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, no thanks." And they're like, "Great." <laughs> <laughs> so they like they made you choose. It's kind of weird, yeah. like as an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, "Or I can stay home and like watch TV." Yeah, like, let's get home and watch TV. <laughs> Wait, Yash, no one asked um, you. They made you go. Yeah, no, they made me go because we um, when we came to San Francisco, we, there was we were paired. I don't. I no, I'll tell you what happened. So. Uh, a family actually from Leningrad also that we met in, in, in the refugee camp in, in Ostia um, uh, near Rome that we lived across our trailers or across from each other they ended up here in, in San Francisco Hana you know mm -hmm. they when they came here they got like placed with like a sponsor family that kind of like chaperoned them around and like you know that's actually really funny showing yeah, you the American well, yeah, way like showing you yeah they would like check in with you they'd like go to a picnic you know they invite you to a picnic they'd like spend weekends <laughs> with you to like to help you assimilate you know uh, and so um, and so they had been sort of the, the family that they were attached to 
uh, went to this you know pretty fancy synagogue, Sheriff Israel in San Francisco. It was pretty one of the oldest synagogues here. It's a really imposing. Uh, and so they had gone there, and because we reconnected with them here, um, they were went to some like I think it was Purim or something like that. So they had something, you know, they had like stuff for kids. It was like a thing to do. And so I remember we went there. I actually remember that first day, like we just got our car, our first car, and we drove there, and we, like we were like going around the block looking for parking, and um, and just and that's how we kind of and they that's how they got us. You know, we went there and they they just sort of you know sort of, sort of uh, brought us in and uh, well, provided us with our own chaperone kind of family. That is just very um, you know invasion of the body snatchers kind of thing. You know, like <laughs> um, well, here's here's your little lettuce. You know, like just carried around with you. And so yeah, so but we but then we like we felt had a falling out with like one of the, the what, that family because. The daughter of their daughter, old, eldest daughter, was like about my brother's age, and he had like Playboys or something stashed somewhere, and she mm-hmm. like saw it and she, you know, she snitched on him to her parents that oh he's like had has Playboys, and so they got like they told my parents and wow, it, like caused, and my parents were like what the fuck is you know who, like why would you do that that's just like the most that's. You, you don't do that. Like there's, there, you, you know, it's just so there. There was like a conflict, and they considered us to be like a bad influence. It was just, it was just such a. It was like, and then so we had. Wow. Then we met another family that we, my parents, then kind of stayed, um, stayed friends with, you know, and anyway, stuff that's like that. Very but, different. Yeah, very that's... different. So, so I, you know, ultimately I got a bar mitzvah out of it, you know, and I went to wow. yeah. So which is not saying much, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is not. A, it was. It was not a very. Um, it did not. It, it did not entice me. I'll put it this way. It's a pretty. No, dead, but I still think yeah. like. It's, it's you sort of were given something even if you didn't like it but for situation Keith is describing you kind of have to yeah it's confusing it, what, what I totally agree it makes more sense to do what my parents did is to like if you're going to reject your Soviet identity to go, you have to go find something else right that isn't at odds with it or something that isn't like so but you but you like your parents rejecting their Soviet identity yet keeping it at when they got here right is 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 a strange thing to do yeah I mean I and that's that's probably why you know, both their kids ended up going back and, and, uh, and yeah, being really interested and kind of like attached to this place. Yeah. Right. Let me, let me ask you this. Cause I, cause I, you know what I'm thinking about sort of identity and, you know, like Russian identity and obviously sort of like having a Russian identity is like, has like such negative connotations now, you know, because it's now linked with, I don't know, like any, <clears throat> like you said, your parents really weren't loved Russian culture and literature and thought it was like the best thing in the world you know and um but like that is now seen as like um i don't know this mal- malicious or malign influence you know um in like the sort of the mm-hmm. former soviet union or the sort of the territory of the former russian empire i would write even some pieces that they should cancel Dostoevsky or brodsky or whatever right? and i just remember you kind of d- yeah. coming to like i remember like you know brodsky was like is now i guess he's canceled i don't know if that's true or not uh, for his <laughs> that ukrainian poem and i actually do remember yeah. i read your piece in the new yorker it's from it was from before the war right um i think about about uh, Brodsky and the Ukrainian he has a poem about Ukrainian independence that he that like got him in, in hot water. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was from from years ago, like before even Crimea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember you kind of yeah. you know mm-hmm. sort of coming to like a soft defense, you know, of um, <laughs> mm-hmm. or just a defense, I guess, or just trying to explain it, you know, like why you know. Um, it's been a while since I read it. I'm just, so I'm like kind of yeah. crazy on the details, but I remember you kind of defending him and. Um, I mean, so like, how would you approach that now with your kid now that like being a kind of a Russian is so, um, I don't know. And the things that you're trying to impart to, to your, to, to Rafi and to your, to your children, 
and the things that your your mother imparted to you and and kind of, um uh, i don't know has like a such a is kind of has it's 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 falling on bad times, I guess. How, so how would you, how would you, do, you know, how do you talk about that with your kids or do you even like, is that something that is even you think about? Well, Rafi, I mean, Rafi was very, it's funny. I mean, he was, this is, he was six when the war started and he, um, you know, he was like, what's, you know, I thought you said Russia was good. <laughs> what's going on? Uh-huh. You know, like you wanted me, you know, cause I was always like, oh, we're going to go to Russia. It'll be, you know, you'll, you'll see this stuff and everybody will speak Russian. It'll be fun and you'll eat these cookies and um and he's you know and i was like no you know russia's bad it did this bad thing and and he's like well so who are we rooting for and i was like ukraine um so that i was like he kind of got that (laughs) but we did have that conversation yeah um you know but like more generally uh you know i understand like i understand where this stuff is coming from like i think ukrainians have a like perfect right to be furious and to not want to speak Russian in public. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, but (laughs) I mean, I would say like a number of things like a, um, the anti, anti anti-war, um, people in Russia, right. Uh, who are going to prison because of their opposition to the war are Russian, mm-hmm. you know, who are speaking Russian. Like that's, you know, like I, Russian history has this awful stuff in it and it has this, uh, uh, you know, it has the people who, who spoke out and um, spoke out against Tsarism. <laughs> um, made a revolution. Um, I mean, there's, you know, I just, yeah. I just think it's a, it's a complex country. Right. And, um, you know, like, I, I call it, uh, it's, I, I wrote a book called a terrible country, but that's, you know, the grandmother in the book says that right um it's like her terrible country um like that's the kind yeah. of you know she's like it's a terrible country don't come here but i'm not leaving yeah um, <laughs> I was gonna very mixed signals <laughs> yeah. but i love it here yeah yeah i like it here. Yeah. um i mean it's yeah, like yeah stuff. yeah no it makes sense i mean but there is yeah obviously it's a ridiculous thing to try to cancel a language and a whole like cultural you know legacy whole cultural history of, of, a, of a country just because you know because it's yeah like it's I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, and I mean, and I blame, like, I mean, I think it's just, ugh, I mean, I think it's sad. It's like, it, to me, it's a bummer. I mean, that, that Brodsky poem, I don't know if I would, if I were writing about it now, I would write about it very differently. Like it's, um, you know, and, and I think from a Ukrainian perspective, that poem is really offensive. Um, but it's kind of meant to be offensive, right? I mean, it's, 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 it is it's meant like to be a troll right? in a way. And he's like trolling them. Yes, yeah, like he's, comics, he wants to yeah. get lies out of them, basically, out of, out of the people, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I think, uh, uh, you know, for him, I mean, for, for, like, uh, there is there was something cool about uh, this kind of shared uh, cultural space that remained after the Soviet Union, right? Um, you know, that Zelensky, for example, um, was a star in, right? Like he, he was a Russian language, uh, TV star. Um, and, you know, and he, people, uh, enjoyed his stuff in Ukraine and in Russia and in Kazakhstan, right? In Latvia, wherever. Yeah. And he'd like actually in his skits, he'd like kind of satirize some parts of Ukrainian language and culture and things like that. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. so well, yeah. and, 
Yeah. So, um, and it's kind of, it's fun when you, when everybody speaks the same language, you can understand each other. Like, uh, and so, and, you know, obviously like the, the people who have in the East of Ukraine, right. Um, who have borne the brunt of this war, uh, you know, most of those people were Russian speakers. Yeah. Right. So when I was, you know, I've only managed to go once, uh, to Ukraine in in, uh, in last year, uh, and, I, and I was in Lviv, right, which is this Ukrainian speaking city. Yeah, and I'd been there before, and you know, you didn't hear Russian on the street um, in Lviv uh, ten years ago, uh, but a year ago you did, because all the refugees from the east were there, and so there was just a ton of Russian, um, you know, and so, so it's just like, uh, you know, there was a moment where I thought there could be this. Um, you know, and people have, Ukrainians have said this to, you know, over the last decades, like, you know, we speak Russian, we like speaking Russian and like real Russian culture is, is what we do here. <laughs> right. It's like, um, you know, we are the inheritors of whatever Tolstoy or Chekhov. Um, and I think, you know, there was a, I, I don't know, I thought there was a moment where like that could happen. Um but it has, you know, I think, you know, clearly like people are, are so mad and so disgusted um, and so traumatized that they uh, don't want to speak Russian. And I like, I understand that. Um, but it sucks. You know, I think it's like, it's a, it's a loss. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, so I guess I like, you know, if I were going to have like a super high level discussion with Rakhvi <laughs> of this stuff, I, that's what I would say. Um, but does oh does the war stop you from taking your kids to Moscow for a visit? Honestly, I mean, we were gonna like I had hoped I got a visa. For, I mean, I you know so we don't uh, I don't have citizenship, so mm -hmm. I get a tourist visa, and um, I got one for my for me and for Rafi, and uh, we were gonna I was hoping to go kind of tentatively last summer, and then. Um, And then the war happened and I was like, oh, it's, it feels dicey. And in retrospect, like that was a problem. Like I'm sure we could have gone last summer. It would have been fine, you know? Um, and now I kind of feel like we really can go uh, with like, you know, people are getting like, if you're an American, an American, yeah, right now. And like you get, also you, know, you have like a kind they, of a problem, I guess, because you're, you're, uh, your family name, you know? Um, and yeah, you have some, yeah, you know, you're not like, yeah. Uh, and you've, yeah. And you have like some, you know, professional associations and stuff like that. And that's our, um, could be, yeah. Could be problematic, I guess, you know, um, we did go though last fall. Can yeah. you believe? <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. We it went was, right before yeah. mo the mobilization order. Uh, we actually were there when the mobilization order uh, was announced. Uh, yeah, and everybody panicked. And <laughs> it was like scrambling for the borders, and we were right, like right there. We were, you know, like you know, we were on the train on the Sapsan from Saint Petersburg to Moscow. Like when the when you know the news of the, of the order um, hit the wire. Yeah, wow. but but overall, I have to say, surprisingly, I mean, at least whatever the center of Moscow and center or center of Saint Petersburg. I mean. If you don't know, if you don't read news, you wouldn't know. Yeah, there's no like you wouldn't you wouldn't even notice anything. Maybe like I noticed the prices were higher and like yeah. I don't know. You go to a drugstore and it's expensive. <laughs> certain certain of the neighborhoods thing. are emptier in Moscow. Like yeah, yeah. Actually, sort of the neighborhood they just the neighborhood I grew up in seemed kind of empty. I know like people were fleeing the yeah. more 
like central mm-hmm. neighborhoods. But um, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, normal. Cool. It was that's very cool. strangely normal. That's the people normal. who had a bit of money. You yeah. didn't even see the you know like the signs of you know support for the war or anything no, like that. You know, like I don't really. know, you probably, at least back then. Yeah, because you've done reporting obviously in Russia, and you know that like after the Crimea, you know, takeover and all this stuff. You could see the Georgievska mm-hmm. uh, Lenta, you know, those Georgian like little like, mm-hmm. black, mm, orange and black kind of ribbons. Um, people just, you know, spontaneously put on their cars. It wasn't like some state mandated mandated thing. Um, right. Like, I mean, which is pretty clearly there was like some popular support for what was going on. Um, but you don't see that. You don't see like Z signs everywhere. Mm-mm. In fact, it's, it took us like couple of weeks being in in russia before we even saw the first one i saw know? some sort of tourist in saint petersburg with a z on yeah, his like, t-shirt yeah exactly like a basically like a provincial had, guy exactly so it wasn't he wasn't even like <laughs> he might have been from who knows he, i wouldn't be surprised if he was from like you know Donbass. um uh you know i mean yeah so it's, it was we we were there it was a pretty crazy trip altogether uh but it was there was it was until the until the mobilization order was announced there was like a you know, a kind of a lull and a feeling of normalcy almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that's the idea, right? Yeah. Is to keep it out of the cities and make it feel like it's not really happening. Right. Which is, yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel necessarily great to have that kind of semblance of normalcy. <laughs> I, yeah, I understand yeah, but, that. But yeah, but anyway, okay. I think we need to, I want to go back to your book, which, you know, I read and I was interested in, and then obviously I noticed like the, <laughs> the profile and the cut and i cannot ask you about <laughs> i don't know is your wife mean because she she calls you right christopher columbus of mommy blogging <laughs> and uh well i mean it is witty but i do wonder you know yours a dad writing things that usually would only mom would even be able to observe because you like i guess the previous generation maybe are you guys even the first generation of dads like who voluntarily so can be so involved is before they were not so they wouldn't even be able to write a book like that yeah how basically mm-hmm. how yeah how do you feel about that being the christopher columbus of my yeah are you, are you proud of the title oh, and another <laughs> side actually truly i'm thinking so this book is almost like i mean kind of like your memoir fatherhood memoir actually the only other one i read like this um is uh, Rachel Kosk's a life, a life, um, a life's work, mm-hmm. and hers is mm-hmm. obviously whatever. She's a mother, but it was pretty <laughs> dark and scathing. And I read it before I became a mother, mm-hmm. and it was <laughs> pretty daunting. But I think she's she's definitely not wrong, even if people gave her a lot of <laughs> um, like criticized her a lot. And uh, yeah, but so yeah, what do you what do you generally you do you think about what compelled you to sort of venture into mommy's <laughs> territory as if as if. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that Rachel Cusk book is, Amazing. is great. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't. Uh, I, I don't think my book is as good as that. But like, that's kind of what I was when I read that. I was like, oh, this is kind of what I want to to do. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I, I like like you said. Like, I think it's um, it's it is kind of a new experience in the world a little bit. Like where um, you know it's it's both like socially um expected right Mm -hmm. that dads are more involved and um yeah and there's kind of like the kind of work uh whatever workforce situation allows for it um and 
yeah, I thought, and so when I, you know, I just, I, and I felt like there were these things that I was dealing with that were specific to me. Um, and like, you know, I, I say in the book, I think Emily has written about, um, you know, especially like the first years of Rafi's life, you know, really well. And, um, but there were things, you know, like the Russian stuff was, was not something that she was dealing with. So I kind of like felt like that was my material. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean she wrote in a, some novel form? No, she, I mean, she, well, she did write a novel. She wrote oh. um, a book called Perfect Tunes about like motherhood and, and being, you know, trying to be an artist and a mother at the same time, um, which I think is a really good novel. Um, and I think she used a lot of her experience of being a mother and a writer uh, kind of a, and put that in that book. Um, but she also, she, you know, she wrote kind of um, in her newsletter about um, mm -hmm. the first years of Rafi's life. So, um, yeah, but there were, there just, it felt like there were these things that I was dealing with that were specific to being a dad. Um, and, you know, and part of it was just, you know, there's this kind of like uh, idea of, dads is like bumbling idiots um and like yes <laughs> it's true but like we don't want like we don't want to be you know and and i just felt like most of the dads i knew were people who took it who were trying to you know trying to do a good job and like take it seriously and and um you know put in the time um yeah so that, that was kind of my justification right right but are you like the first, at least in English, I know the first dad to write something like this? No, I mean, you know, there's, there's a, um, there's like a small, like a uh, group of books. Michael Lewis has a book. Um, who else? Uh, there's a few of them. Michael Shabon. Got it. So you're not like a true um, for Christopher Columbus. <laughs> 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 um, no, but, but I, you know, my, um, when I kind of first proposed the book, my editor was like, oh, you know, like dad books don't sell. Really? <laughs> That's um, so funny. <laughs> oh, because it's women who buy yes. books like that. That's why dad's oh. book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And wow. yeah. And dad's and like, you know, dad's not going to buy a book like that. They're like, I'm a dad, you know, I don't need I to read anything. You know, um, but uh, as it turned out, my editor was right. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, well, most books don't sell if that's any con if that's a consolation, you know. As you know, as wait, I'm trying to remember. Someone gave us the book. There is some dad writing kind of like dad advice books. But it's like super, yeah, like these kind of like really cheesy, dad. yeah, advice advice books, I guess. More like about how to. It's very specific about how to raise. There's one that's like a, he used to be. He was like a marine or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's something about it like, like, it, like it was like a buy a bro for bros, for bros. you know, and like no embarrassment buying and that it was one. Like they would have like things like. <laughs> It was also like family and relationship advice, and it was like. Um, it was like now he's saying like I mean it was truly almost like slightly <laughs> written by a bumbling idiot for bumbling. Well, idiot. It was just like people who never thought about it at all, you know. Yeah. Like who, you know like, it was like, stuff like they're like your wife still cares about you. She's just busy with a child. No, it's like your Don't wife, worry. No, it's like why is my wife not having sex with me a day after she gave birth? You know. She's like, tired. And it's like telling you to like just it's normal. That's normal. You know that she is like has less desire for you like the the you know the day after she. Had 
Ted gave birth. Uh, you should like you know take it easy and like maybe buy her some flowers. You know like that it was like gave that kind massage. of advice. And I think it was like a bestseller. Maybe I, I don't remember. It, it was, def- it was yeah. given, definitely bestseller. It was given to, to us. That sounds like a good book. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's that kind of that, that's the kind of advice I guess people can use. You know. Um, yeah. Like yeah. It, 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 applied. You know, applied um, advice. You know, it's like yeah. Oh yes. God. Yes. <laughs> I mean, outside of the immigrant thing, because we're gonna spend so much time on that. The interesting part, I mean, for us, because we can definitely relate, and maybe for many people who's sort of in the the audience, like, I mean, you do write about the financial part of it, like being, like, you're an involved parent, but not with, like, a finance job, and just generally something about, you know, sort of of being a bohemian, but then having kids, for me as well, like, um, I call it, like, almost like some weird very embarrassing bourgeois instinct kicks in and you kind of all of a sudden do think about all (laughs) um i don't know the financial side of things and what do you need you know to do it properly yeah i mean i i mean uh i don't know if i mean i i just i managed to not really care about money Mm -hmm. for the first uh um 40 years of my life (laughs) you know and like because i as long as i like had a you know, I lived with roommates until I was pretty old. And like in one of the great things about New York is that like that's socially acceptable. And um, and I just, you know, I didn't care about things like, you know, I didn't care about having stuff and mm-hmm. I didn't mind moving around and renting an apartment. Like, you know, um, I just wanted to be a writer. And then... Um, yeah, then we had a kid and suddenly like, you know, you can, you can do it on the cheap, but like it, it ends up, you know, there's just like stuff you can't avoid spending money on. Um, and then, yeah. And then there's these kind of things where you're like, well, you know, and, and it took a while, like Rafi has started noticing, you know, quite recently, um, the difference between us and some of the people we know in terms of like they're much richer than we are um but you know i I don't know i started noticing it right away um and you know and just like oh they they have a house in you know they have a brownstone with like a backyard right yeah and we don't you know and in fact like we live above our landlord and he's always complaining about how rafi's running around and like those people, <laughs> you know, they don't have a landlord. They, they have three stories of a brownstone in a backyard. So um, I don't know. It just, it really like, it, you know, I had always been, uh, if you, you know, it, it's, it's not like I didn't, I don't know if I said I, a minute ago that I didn't think about money. I thought about money all the time. I didn't, I, I found it interesting. I didn't care, you know that much about it like suddenly like i really cared about it yeah. because it affected this person i was responsible for and so now it's like all i think about all the time even right now i'm thinking about it. <laughs> like right now you're talking to Austin, but you could be you're doing something <laughs> i could be day trading <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully we, hopefully no we're, we're helping you sell some books you know so yeah, yeah yes yeah, yes okay five more books it's happening you know um, thank you guys thank you <laughs> no i i totally understand because being you know like being a bohemian like jenny said and being kind of trying to you know having like literary or any you know kind of like being just in even if you're just a journalist or whatever um 
you know, like that is like that is cultural capital of its own, right? And you don't really need that much if you're single to to you know to like get the basic necessities, um, you know, like. You but can, also, just have an interesting life if you don't care life. about stuff. Exactly, which we don't. Yeah, and so it's a cultural. You kind of get like capital, you know, um, from a different part of your of your life, not directly from earning money, right? And so, um, but when, like, yeah, when you have kids, suddenly, yeah, you have that capital. But you also like need it's actual not convert- cap- and it's, it's also not convertible. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not always convertible. Yeah, you can only you can only stay at the friend's house. You know that, that so many times, right? Like yeah, a friend's <laughs> mansion somewhere. You know, so so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, totally. I, I no, I mean, and plus everything is just so expensive. There are no. I mean, I guess New York has one thing about that's great about New York. It is it does have like pre K, right? Um, but yep. you still have to get to like four years old or something, right? And and uh, yeah, survive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But have you ever considered living in New York because of that? Going to the burbs, you know, yeah, or or some other country. <laughs> y- yes, I mean, I um, I don't I don't want to, you know. I feel like uh, everybody else should leave. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, uh, do you know Yelena Kostuchenko? Yeah, she's a, she's a of course Nova Gazeta reporter. Yeah, she's she was she's uh, amazing. I, uh, yeah, and she, you know, she's like, people are like, we, you know, you, should, you need to leave Russia. Like, we got arrested. And she's like, Putin should leave. You know, and I'm like, that's how I like define it, like the rich people. I'm like, the rich people should leave. Yeah. <laughs> New York. I don't want to leave New York. Let them leave. Yeah. Um, so, no, I'm, no, I'm not leaving. Yes, I've thought about it, but I, it makes me mad mm-hmm. um, that I would, like, you know, my kids were born here. I've lived here for 20 years. Like, let, they, fuck them. Those people, they, all those people who left during the pandemic. And they came back. <laughs> and then they came back. Yeah, they bought a house upstate, but like they kept their house here and now they're back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, making it unaffordable for us. So, um, but yes, that would, I mean, I don't, you know, I think you would have money issues anywhere if you have kids, right? Like there's always going to be people who have more money and uh, are, you know, getting stuff for their kids that you can't get. Um I don't, think, I don't think it would go away. So do you think, I mean, obviously you wrote a book while having two children, which is, you know, uh, and, and your wife did too, actually. So it's like you... you well, more than one. More than yeah. one book. So it's like, so it seems like, you you know, the kids are not interfering too much. So you, you can be a writer and have children. And a dad. And a dad. <laughs> and an active that's dad. Right. Not just have children. And, and being no, an active dad. That's yeah. the funny thing because they, they never ask it. A man, it's like how you how do you manage? Your... You know, yes. How do you manage two children and 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 and, 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 and a writing career? And a writing career. You must be good looking, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you must have nice legs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, it does. You know, I mean, it is like you know. I mean, this is this is probably where you're getting at. But like, um, yeah, it's hard. It's it's when you have two writers and they're you know and two kids and you're in and at some point, you know, if uh, somebody's going to like get the short end of the stick uh, in terms of um, watching the kids while the other person, you know, is off at uh, the writing retreat, you know. Um, and uh, we have tried to, we've tried to manage that, you know, as fairly as possible. But like, there's been some, uh, In Russian, it's it's called a uskimista. Uskimista. Well, would you? T- how would I translate that? Huh? Well, con- just contentious. <laughs> contentious. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, and like, I don't know, and you know, as a writer, you never feel like you have enough time, mm-hmm. right? You're like, I need, I just need more time. You know, I, I remember when we like, when we first put Rafi in with a babysitter, when he was, you know, like four months old, and it was like three hours. First, it was three hours, and I was like, wow, three hours is so great. <laughs> I can get, you know, I can, I can do so much in three hours. And then, you know, then I was like, I need more. I need four hours. I need five hours. I need eight hours. And then once you have eight, you're like, I need 10, <laughs> I need 10 hours. <laughs> so, I mean, the solution, you're like, we have, we have hired a lot of babysitting. Right. Like I would say that's our biggest expense, you know, and, um, to kind of keep the peace, uh, to the extent that we managed to keep the peace at home, it was thanks to hiring all the babysitting. That we hired. Well, it's interesting because one of the immigrant, um, what do you call prerogatives, if you can say, usually there are babushkas. They're basically grandmothers who are willing to, you know, by American standards, to be free babysitters. Yeah. Yes. We, we have. Yes. And we, you have? We have. We have, yeah. We oh, have, yeah. Have We're lucky, yeah. Okay, I have to spill the bills. We have two babushkas. <laughs> <laughs> two babushkas. Yeah, we're very oh. rich. I mean, in babushka. Well, babushka rich. No, yeah. No wonder you can have this successful podcast. Like, oh, Thank yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> it's so successful. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's kind of the one thing that also you don't have because your mother passed away, right? So. Um, yeah, the other is American. And, you, and yeah, and your wife is American, so it's not as culturally. Just like, like normal. I don't. Know. Yeah. No, I mean to be honest, we we do have a you know my wife's parents are very active. And, oh, that's good. Uh, take the kids a lot but they, they live in a different they live in um, Maryland so mm-hmm. it's they're not um, not like uh, movie night babysitting but during uh, you know school breaks and stuff we'll, we'll go down there got it got it and uh, so so we have a you know we have a, a bit of a, an American babushka mm-hmm. situation got it yeah but not like a living babushka or like a babushka that's down you know in the same city uh, no yeah, that was I found like I don't know how you calculated it an active Basically, babushka in the city is worth forty thousand a year. How did you calculate that? <laughs> Sounds right. That's I from think. the book, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. That's about right. No, I mean, but that's what they, that's what people make. I mean, uh, I mean, it's funny actually. So Zhenya's mom, um, you know, because she, of the war, she sort of like stuck with us. Yeah, she stays. She's been live with her, living with us for the last year or more, uh, and you know, she goes to the oh. playground here. Uh, and it's just her and you know frequently other nannies and so and so but then because she's very good at like talking to people and or listening to people people just tell her everything and so she like immediately knows what everyone else makes the salaries of the yeah. local nannies basically <laughs> and then like and then like people complain to her about it, you know because they all, some some people assume that she's also a nanny you know and, and so there's like you know there's a whole like you know a, a, like um solidarity between nannies um, obviously uh, on the playground and uh, no but they know she's not that yeah. most nannies are like latino nannies but yeah so. but so she know but there's russian ones oh yeah some there's Russians. like soviet soviet nannies too and so to american uh, kids yeah. anyway yeah so it, i think based on what she's telling us you know it's it sounds right it sounds probably is even, right. probably is even worth more than that you know big <laughs> to pay if you're like in a big city like new york yeah. if you're in an expensive city like new york right. or san francisco right. yeah <laughs> you're not you're, you're not you're not factoring in like the fact that you sometimes would have to get like the nanny a car and all this other stuff you know uh and like get get her traveling expense to, expenses taken care of and yeah you know, those things, yeah anyway <laughs> yeah so we're pretty wealthy in that that's probably that's that's probably where they're where they're the most wealthy i have to say yeah in terms of just the babushkas yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a chief source of our wealth yeah and it's all because of the war yeah 
Yeah, actually, yes. So thank you, Putin. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jane, do you have any other... Um, I thought you wanted to ask about the literature. Oh, yes, it's exactly. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I kind of wanted, yeah, I wanted to ask, like, since we're on the topic of, you know, Soviet immigrants and Russian immigrants in America and, you know, and you are like of the, of the sort of literary scene and you are a novelist yourself who, write, who, writes, who writes about, you know, the immigrant experience and just, you know, about, about, uh, about all that. I actually wanted to get your opinion on sort of contemporary Soviet immigrant literature, right? Uh, I don't know how else to describe it, you know, how else you kind of, what, what, what would be the kind of the umbrella term for, you know, because you can't, I wouldn't call it Russian because it's not Russian. People come from all over the place, right, you know from all the different republics of the former Soviet Union. So I guess, you know, Soviet immigrant literature, I know that, you know, the most the most famous one or the most successful one is um, Steingart, right? Gary Steingart. Um, and there are other ones, I mean, you're probably, you're in, you're in that category too. And I mean, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I can't say that I'm like, I've read everything that there is, you know, in, in this genre. But one thing that sort of I've, I'm, I've been critical of pretty openly about of, of this of, of this genre is how kind of cliched it can be. You know, it's like a lot of the a lot of the things that you find in there. I mean, there's 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 a lot that's good, but a lot of a lot of the the kind of the, one of the big currents through it is sort of I don't know these sort of stereotypical views on the Soviet Union and on Russians in general. You know, like I don't know, like in Steingart's books, you find that. You know, Russian men, Russian men are frequently gangsters and thugs and dangerous. You know, and while you know, sort of Russian women are um, sexually promiscuous and um, whatever. You know, it's like that's th- these kinds of things. And so it's almost like written to. I don't know. I don't know if that's it's done that way openly, but it's like sort of written to appeal to almost American stereotypes, or they kind of, or they do appeal to them. And so I don't know what like. And I just recently saw a film by. Um, uh, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Bismosgus. It's uh, he wrote a book, and I think he made a film. It's called mm-hmm. Natasha, and it kind of has similar kind of things, you know, like the the cliches about the Russian woman, you know. Um, uh, I mean, mm. I don't know. I just wanted to talk to you, gener- kind of generally, about what you think about Soviet immigrant literature and where it is, and like I don't know what you like about it, what you don't like about it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've read a, I've read a lot of it, and I, I like a lot of it. I have to say, I think I I might like it more than you do. Um, I mean, I, you know, I was just actually when we were talking about the uh, the uh, Jewish families that would sponsor immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, Bismosgus actually has a great story about that in his first collection, where these two families, um, Im- immigrant families, Jewish immigrant mm-hmm. families, go over to one of these this, the house of one of these sponsors for dinner, and they end up having like this contest. Um, where each of them talks about how they were victims of anti-Semitism <laughs> and they're trying to one up each other. And at the end, like, you know, the rival family, the guy lifts up his shirt and he says, one time I got stabbed, <laughs> <laughs> lifts up on his shirt and he wins, you know, and like oh, the, I gotta read that. the narrator's family has to, has to leave in shame That's um, funny. because they were not uh, less as, victims. As yeah. dramatic. They were less victims of anti-Semitism. So, um, you know, I, 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 I yeah, I like, um, I haven't read everyone, but like Bismosgus, um, I really like some of his stuff. I like his book. I like, I like that first book. I like that um, he wrote a book about um, being in Italy mm. um, during the, you know, you mentioned, that, and we did that too when we came over. We stayed in Italy for a couple, a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a, one of his novels about that kind of a family that's like there for a couple months and they have various problems and adventures, uh, which I really 
enjoyed and, and you know i just like he kind of like you know i don't remember i was six so i don't remember it very well so it was kind of cool to like read this like pretty yeah. detailed account um of what one family went through really like that um anu lineage's books uh i really like ellen Littman. i don't know i i so uh, you know but everybody has like very different experiences of immigration and or like interests in um you know even just like you and i talking and or the three of us talking mm-hmm. and um so i've kind of enjoyed like reading different versions of that um and kind of filling in you know some things that i don't remember as well for like for example and um you know learning about like ellen Littman grew up uh in this in squirrel hill outside of pittsburgh mm-hmm. um which is this kind of russian jewish community but like in pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> so I, I you know i found that interesting um yeah i don't you know like my own kind of like my own experience was sort of um not, I don't know if it's boring, but like I haven't really written very much about like the whole um, being an immigrant. And like for me, it was more interesting and kind of uh, had a bigger effect on me was going back um, to Russia. So that's kind of so like Terrible Country is about is about that. Right. It's about a guy who goes back and um, like wants to make a, an academic career um, like he's like a failed academic and he like wants to um make a career by by getting his grandmother to tell him stories about the gulag <laughs> and he thinks he'll like publish an academic article that, that seems believable um, yeah right that's what we do and like then extract um, valuable yes information you, you extract this valuable uh you know minerals and and you know uh from your your the uh, elders and then you sell them in america basically a lot of people privatized industries and natural resources right and that's what you uh-huh. have or we have just stories you can all you can do is mine your privatized stories yeah. <laughs> privatize your yeah. stories try to sell them not that it's cynical but you know people privatize whole i don't know natural gas um, yeah no and you sell it to the you sell it to foreigners uh, to the highest right? bidder russians don't eat it yeah russians don't like russians know those stories exactly right? so you sell it to you sell it to, to those gullible americans yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but you know and that's kind of part of the you know because the business right the business side of you know of I don't know this the, the, the money side of this business or whatever however you want to talk about it um, to, to the extent that it, the money exists um, you know it is there's like there's a market in a way so you are selling it to Americans and so you do have to you know there's the kind of the adaptation of those things or the what you choose to tell people um, I guess but you don't always yeah, think about no, selling well think, but right, I guess I'm just joking, contrasting yeah. it I, I'm just contrasting it with like the earlier generation of Soviet writers Soviet immigrant writers who would write primarily in Russian you know and would pri- mm-hmm. write primarily I mean the, initially they wouldn't even be thinking about it it would be like you know um, published in America or, or published at all or be published just for like the small local uh, you know kind of immigrate press which like so they would be writing to their own for their own people you know, more or for Russians later on, if it was in the '90s, um, like Lamanov or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like the the, the audience mm-hmm. is different, right? Because it is kind of like the um, the, the 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 younger generation of, of Soviet immigrants are writing in English primarily, right? Not in Russian to 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 a Western audience, right? Yeah, I mean, I so like for me, I don't know, like for me, the none of the I, I I hear your critique <laughs> and and I like I think it's true in, in certain respects and I think but I think it's also like a it's a 
it's a bind in a way because you know when I'm like with a terrible country and and the the point of that book is you know so he goes over there to try to extract stuff from his grandmother she can't remember anything, <laughs> it turns out right away and then the whole book and then he's like then he learns about privatization and you know the reforms and how they destroyed her life and he becomes a socialist at the end <laughs> um but but uh you know so it was, it was like but it was called a terrible country. And so like when I would like read from that book, people would be like, Oh, tell us more about how it's a terrible country, you know? And like how Putin is a bad Interesting. man and people like want, and I was like, well, that's, uh, that's, you know, and I was like, that's not what the book's about actually. You mean like when, <laughs> like, did, when, yes, you, when you did readings, when you did like book events. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, people want to like, people love hearing about how Putin's a bad man. Yeah. Um, and, how terrible it is over there. And like, you know, they don't want to hear about, well, how it's complicated and how it's like a, you know, complex society that has lots of different um, kinds of opinions in it. And, um, you know, and it's not all Putin's fault, actually. <laughs> right. And that like the reforms that the U.S. supported and uh, in fact, like demanded um, actually did, like real damage to Russian society. And in fact, that's one of the reasons Putin came to power. Right. That's, they don't want right? to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to hear that. And, and actually, um, you know, I want to you know, say, I appreciate actually mm -hmm. your, you know, your, some of your journalistic work and stuff that you've done that actually you're, you know, you've, you've actually taken a lot of heat from people, you know, who you've, you've, where you try to actually fill in the background, you know, and like understand the con the context of, you know, what, what created Putin and where he came from. And um, I know that you, you know, sort of, it's not always it's not always appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> it does not has had zero effect. This position also doesn't help sell books, I imagine, because no, it's no. like un they don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I was going to say, like, compared to, um, like, so I, you know, even the most sinning Russian immigrant author um, is nothing compared to Jonathan Safran Four. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that, like that book about you know that first book that he wrote. Uh, He's illuminated, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I find that a truly offensive, like, book. You and know? it's love, beloved. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, how, yeah, Ukrainians are, um, you know, like, it's it's all about, you know, they did the Holocaust and, like, you know, this kind of, yeah, I mean, that book, I think, commits all those sins. And it's funny, like, Hollywood loves it. They immediately made, I forgot who the guy, Left Schreiber. Left Schreiber made a movie. Yeah, and it was Elijah Wood playing the... Yeah, yeah but yeah. also an American Jew would immediately yeah, yeah, be, oh, this is a book for me to direct. <laughs> <laughs> Something authentic. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, and it's, but it's tough to, I mean, it's really tough to go against that very powerful kind of tide. Yeah. And, you know, and there's like, like, it's like, if you want to, you know, if you want to say that Putin is bad, there's like no, everybody's like, that's so great. <laughs> we love you. And if you want to like be like, well, it's complicated. And actually like, here's the perspective that you need to understand, you know, the Russian perspective, like you have to, you have to do so much more work. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I tried to sell a book. Well, actually Mark Ames and I tried to write, well, we, we did a proposal and we shopped it around. Um, it was 2018. Uh, yeah. It was 2018. <laughs> about like, I mean, it was kind of a dumb title, you know, uh, everything you know about Russia is wrong. And it was like, basically the thesis is how America mm. created Putin or how America helped create Putin. And basically, and mm -hmm. we just, and you know, our agent was like, oh yeah, you know, it's like, um, you know, there's, there's such a hunger 
such a hunger right now for anything Russian, you know, for anything about mm-hmm. Russia. It's like we're like, yeah, but mm-hmm. no one wants to hear about how, you know, America has actually created this guy or helped create them and like, you know, basically did everything in its power to cr- basically create a presidential authoritarian presidential system with no checks and balances, you know, and, and the sort of the presidential system that he took over from Yeltsin. Um and he's like, no, but no, it's just they, they're just they're just like the market is super hot for Russia right now. And so we're like, okay, so we spent all this time on this fucking proposal, man. And it just, he's just like, I mean, the only people we got like, you know, the only people who really wanted to talk to us, like, they wanted to talk to us to really like, you know, to know that this isn't a joke, you know, that, that we're actually serious, and to just kind of like, just mock us basically on, uh, on, you know. So it was like, it was the most fucked up ex- experience, you know. So it was just like, it just, it just like, it just sank so fast. And even our, you know, even our agent was, he just was very, um, he was just, yeah, he was kind of embarrassed, you know, but then he didn't, he, he wasn't the one who had to spend months, you know, writing this proposal. So, uh, and, and getting no uh-huh. money for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, yes. yes. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, even though if you like, you know, the academic literature is like pretty, you know, like that's, that's not a controversial opinion no mm-hmm. no it's you know not. If, right. if, if, it's yeah not at all um yeah. but it is from like the popular um in the kind of popular msnbc perspective. the cultural current you know it's like the cultural current is like yeah. is goes is very powerful and goes one direction you know and to try to swim against it is just i mean you can do it <laughs> um yeah, man, I guess you can do it and spend all this time writing a book like that and then just having it just sit there on the shelf in the hopes that, you know, some someone in the future <laughs> would be like, oh, wow, you know, like there was like there were these people, you know, who we don't even know who they are at this point. you know. <laughs> so someone should make a movie. That's the only way for but, yeah. Like for people, American people to digest. That. Yeah, but no one's gonna make a movie about how actually America created, you know, helped create Putin. You know, it's like it's that's not a Hollywood. Well, spinning Boris, they spinning made Boris, spinning Boris. That was Boris, a different cultural you know? time, though. Yeah, yeah. No, again, yes. Yeah. Maybe it could be a movie about two guys who worked really hard on a book. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and then went to went to Cold Springs to you know, it would be like sideways, you know. So they took a trip um, to write the book proposal and. Yeah, and they, turned out the book they were writing was right there. Yeah, all along. exactly. It was, um, it was about their friendship. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was, um, I was, you know, the RussiaGate has been uh, is being debunked. Yeah. Um, right now, and like the there was this big article in the um, Columbia Journalism Review mm-hmm. about it a couple months ago that I just read, and I mean, the, the stuff at the RussiaGate that was kind of interesting was. Um, to me was that if you would like even the people who were like the most adamant the adamant believers in this big conspiracy and i and i will say just for the record i think there was there was like you know there was some there was stuff there i still think that um i think like roger stone was in in touch with wikileaks and it's you know whatever doesn't matter um yeah but the 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 most adamant people uh, who was writing about this and even like people who were quite like, I think, you know, quite responsible about it. Um, you know, saying that there was this big conspiracy, they had no interest in Russia. They never went to Russia. They never, um, you know, there's just like entire books about Russia gate that never really like have spent more than a minute thinking about Russia. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's like quite striking and, 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 uh, <sighs> It, 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 so it's like, 
it's not about Russia. No. <laughs> in a way, right? It's like, it's about our own, um, like, it's like you want to just, you want to think like Trump came from, like, you know, I think that whole thing was about like Trump, we couldn't have, he's not an American, like, we couldn't have elected this person. It must have come from somewhere else. Exactly. And it's like someone yeah, else made it's, us and do it's, this. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's kind of always, isn't it, always about, and when you're dealing with political fights like this and cultural fights like that, it's never really about the other country. No one really is ever interested in, 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 in this place. It's always using, you know, those places or whatever, using things to settle your own, your own political disputes and your, your own kind of cultural yeah. fights. And totally, I mean, that was, you know, that was another thing that, yeah, it was very striking. I mean, it was, I will say that it's even on the, on like the, you know, the kind of the anti-Russiagate side or kind of the more like left anti-imperialist sort of side you know mm-hmm. it was also no one really cared about russia you know it's like they yep. just all they cared about was just fighting this fight about you know in america about whether or not like liberals mm-hmm. were bad or like whether or not you know right. the, sort of the republicans are bad and, <clears throat> and so it was just using these yeah, things as, as a and i don't know i mean i don't know where you guys are but i mean i think we're still in that place with i mean the war right yes. like there isn't there's no there, there doesn't feel like there's any space to be like um, you know, Putin's not a great guy. This war is terrible. Um, and there's like no justification for it. And yet you, you have to look at American actions over the last 30 years mm-hmm. and just think about like what that looks like from the Russian perspective. Right. The Russians told us over and over again, that they didn't like it. Um, yeah. and you know, we're, we're totally on that. And you just, yeah. but you, you, I see people all the time just fall into well, of course Putin had to do this. You know, like they just kind of get, they just go there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or and, like, or like, yeah, Putin had no reason to do it. So there was just, it's always black and white. Either yeah, or, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, totally, yeah. there's no, no one actually cares about the nuance, basically. Knowing what actually ha- happened or why it happened, it's just about, it's about, yeah, it's about, yeah, like just, I totally agree. You can't have that conversation now. I mean, it's, and you can't really have it on either side. You know, you kind of get shunned by both, by on both sides, if you mm-hmm. try to introduce nuance from from either either of those perspe- perspectives, you know, you can be sort of. Well, that ends today. Yeah. That ends. That ends right here. Yes. Well. Well. <laughs> this this podcast. Yes. Yes. This space right here. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a context rich, um, media environment. Yeah. Um, we we love nuances. You well, know. let's go and talk to Carlson. Yeah, oh, which, oh, but he's been fired. Oh, go, oh, oh. Go, uh, he's been, yeah, he was fired because he was against the war in Ukraine. You see, that's what happened. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, no, it, yeah, no. I appreciate you actually. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that you. It's, it's stay it, strong. It's funny. It's funny. So, like, would you get that over and over? Like, That's so you do your reading, and you know, you'd have your your book presentation, and you do like a reading out of it, and people would just what like what would be their questions? Like, what would they ask you to about Putin? Like, do you remember any any examples? Because I'm actually kind of fascinated. Oh. By this. <laughs> I don't, you know, these these are my readers. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't badmouth them, but I'm just curious. Like, what do they want to know? Like, what was the thing? What was no, the... I just, I just think people like, you know, um, they just, you know, what's what's Putin going to do next? You know, like, what's Putin's, what are Putin's intentions? And I'm like, I just wrote this novel, but, but <laughs> no, and, and I you, do have a pain. Get it? Yeah, you know? because that makes sense. They see you as they, but 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 also, uh, to, in fairness, I guess to them, if that's the kind of questions they're asking. I mean, they know you not just as a novelist, but also as a journalist and someone who's, you know, who's traveled to that place and has, has written about written about Russia, um, you know, from a sort of in a, from in a journalistic way. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, the answer was just like in that in that in that context, it was kind of just being like, here's here's how my grandmother like 
experienced the reform, Mm -hmm. you know, who, um, you know, who hated the Soviet, she hated the Soviet Union. And then when it fell apart, like her life was destroyed, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, it's tough. And of course, you know, and the Russians, um, you know, my joke, my joke during when, when that book came out was, uh, it was like 2018. And I, I remember, um, reading it. I remember writing, I was writing, it took me a long time to write it. It took me like almost 10 years to write it. And, uh, you know, I was working on it in like 2014 when Crimea happened. And, um, I remember, you know, being like, oh, fuck, like, this is, this is the moment to publish a book by Russia. Everybody cares about Russia all of a sudden, you know, and then, but then 2016, you know, then they interfered in the election. Um, you know, so that when my book came out in 2018, people were still like super into, into Russia. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, Should have waited a couple of years. To you know, now, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, but also like, you know, it's, Wait, you can do a sequel. <laughs> terrible country. Return of a terrible country. Putin final uh, years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you know, but like, we're talking about like the 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 loss of context and nuance, but like, you know, like, it, it, one does have to admit that like you know, the war makes it makes it difficult. Like, it, yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. You you, you like invade a country and, and start murdering people it's it becomes a less of a nuanced kind yeah. of conversation inevitable i wonder if when the war started or since the war started do you feel in some way if you even had any doubts which i don't think you had like your parents immigration and you've been i guess more american and, and your kids been americans like it's sort of almost <laughs> got justified i don't know like almost more justified than before because you know it proved again to be more than a terrible place a lot of people are basically fleeing in the last year you know yeah i mean i uh, yeah I, I i i can't say i spent a lot of time uh before that mm-hmm. you know questioning um <laughs> questioning my parents decision like you know, there was there was a period of, there was a period of time in my life where in my in like when I first started going back where I was like oh like actually it would have been I would have had a, a, a more interest I wouldn't have grown up in like the suburbs of Boston <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, being like really bored and uh, I would have had a much more interesting life if we had stayed uh, yeah uh, I, I I I did used to think that right. Um, I admit, like, it's not something I've thought about very much recently, but, but it's true. Like, um, you know, if you were, if you're a person who's in Russia right now, you know, some people, you either leave or if you're like a person in public, um, if you're like a writer, you, you leave or you shut up, you know, or you go to prison. Or you support the war. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, or you support the war. You, you, you think it's crazy. Yeah, that's idiots, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I guess yeah. It, you know, it's that. Those are those are bad options. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good. All right, good for our, good good job, parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I would sometimes tease my parents with that with that question. It's like. You know, if I hadn't, you know, if we, if we stayed in Leningrad or whatever, my brother and I would have like, you know, probably like 
been like running some like we would have like mini garks or something we would have run some business in yeah. the city you know i don't know because i i have i actually know people in you know in, in some of who've stayed most of who stayed and some actually are pretty critical of the war but have stayed because their entire lives are there and their entire sort of i don't know like their the businesses that they built up mm-hmm. like live and are still there but yeah but people are the people that I kind of know, they did pretty well for themselves, you know? So you want to be a small-time businessman? But that's what I, but my parents probably wouldn't be against me being a, a, a successful businessman, you know? So, <laughs> so you know, rather than just a, a broke-ass writer um, who's not, it's not clear what he's even doing in life. Uh, um, so, so I would tease that my mom would get really upset by that, you know, to almost be brought to tears, you know? So that like, that like, I, I'm questioning their, their decision and actually i would have i would have been better off if you know if they had stayed yeah you never know you never know or i could have been murdered pretty quickly you know in some business dispute um (laughs) why you keep talking about business i don't know because i don't know what else i would be doing there to be honest you know you can still like write things there i don't know it's like no one that i knew then like in our our social circle was like uh, 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 you know uh, intellectual or you could have been pavel durov you you would have had yeah i could have been pavel durov exactly you know no, or like some gas station. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or like some some like market. You know, like we would have. Yeah. Like my brother and I would the have corner. been, you know, solid to the other. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Okay. I think um, I think we've had you on for enough uh, yeah. for long enough. That was great. Thanks for coming on. It was a great. It was great to talk to you. You know. I think um, it was therapeutic. Thank you. It was a, yeah. It was a pleasure. It's therapeutic for us. I don't know if, how it was for you. <laughs> for me. For me as well. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh-huh. at least it's interesting for three of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, if you're listening, if you've made it this far in the episode, yeah, please go uh, and buy um, Keith's book. It's yeah, a, we'll it's, it's a it. great book, and, and buy all of his books. You know, because and you don't um, need to be an immigrant to. No, to like no, the, no. It's it's like raising a, Rafi. No, it's. Um, or a parent, or you don't even need to read. You know, you can have someone ask you to <laughs> no, read the book for it. you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a very versatile. Um, very versatile product uh, for everyone, actually. Uh, anyway, yeah, thanks great a lot, Keith. Pre- yeah. Great no, as a present. Buy the fucking books, you know, because yeah. you, uh, you know, he's like, that's, you, you got to buy the books. You know how, in, I think it's maybe not in Russia, but in Soviet Union, they would say, Lutri padarek at the knyga. So, like, the best present is a book. So, exactly. <laughs> get it as a present. That's good. That's good advice. I have two kids. I, got, I need money. Exactly. Send this man money. Yeah. yeah we, we, do you have like a, you know, a Venmo or, or OnlyFans maybe? Uh, That's a good idea. Thought, yeah, actually, actually Yasha was thinking. I was thinking about it, you know, because I mean, I, I don't have much dignity left. So, you know, what's the, what's, why not? You know, I'm also, I'm already selling myself online. So it's only a matter of degree i guess you know yeah. that definitely hasn't been done by like a sort of straight dad i guess yeah, maybe we fans. could team up keith you know <laughs> <laughs> strategic synergy yeah for our children yes for our children. For, it's, yeah. it's about your it's for your kids exactly it's, it's for their future <laughs> anyway all right just think about it no pressure okay um, <laughs> like okay on this you don't note need to, you don't need to give me an answer now yeah <laughs> All right. Okay, thanks. All Take right. care. Right, guys. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye.